Good evening, everyone. So I, I felt that it was still kind of appropriate for me to be wearing my, my Springbok jersey. Um, we have much to celebrate. Um, and I want to share with you what I, something that I shared this morning at Explore, just about the significance of what happened yesterday for us as a country. And, and it's a, it's, I think it's a moment that we should not just allow to pass us by, especially if I think of the journey that PBC is on in terms of our diversity and taking note of things that are happening within our nation, within our communities, within our city. And so the first thing that strikes me as making yesterday's victory as significant as it is, is the fact that it's in the history of our country the very first time that we've had a black captain lead our team. And that is something that we should celebrate and note. Especially the fact that Sia is from Pinelands. <laughs> and he is, a, he is a man who grew up in the township. And so for black South Africans, it is of extreme significance that someone who comes from a disadvantaged background can find himself being raised up to lead the national team that wins the Rugby World Cup on an international stage. So that's extremely significant. And the second thing is this. Um, scholars say that, that there, in terms of esteem, there are two kinds of esteems. There's what they call personal or self-esteem, and that relates to what you think about yourself. And the second one is what they call interpersonal or group esteem. And that is what you think about the group or the nation that you are part of. Now, self-esteem and group esteem are two things that are very different because you can have a really high self-esteem. You can think of yourself and hold yourself in high regard. But at the same time, you can hold the group or the nation that you belong to in a very low God. And I think if we take stock of where our country is at, I think our country is there, where we think perhaps highly of ourselves in our personal states, but when we think of our country, when we consider the evil, the crime, when we consider the high unemployment rate in our country, then we have a very low regard of where we are at. And so when we see a group of our fellow countrymen, come together and stand behind um, hashtag stronger together. Stand behind a slogan like that and achieve something that many people thought we were unable to achieve. Before going into the game yesterday or chatting some people and they thought, I don't know if we can win, eh? England played really well and they looked, they looked really strong. But I believe that there was something extra there was something that came from inside that took us over that point, over the advantage line, as it were. And I think that is something that we need to note. And so it is important, I believe, that we celebrate this victory because we need it. We need to see ourselves doing well, and we need to celebrate each other doing well. And so... Continue to, to celebrate, continue to wear your jerseys, continue. I've still got some Burovo stains on this thing from yesterday. 
continue to revel in the fact that when we come together, we are able to achieve much. And that's true. And so this evening, um, wait, before I do that, I think I want to read for us um, what I read this morning, the, our national anthem. And I want to read for you our national anthem, but the English version. I think a lot of times we forget what those words actually mean and their relevance for us as believers. And this is what, it, this is what our national anthem's words read at. It says, Lord bless Africa, may her glory be lifted high. Hear our petitions, Lord bless us, us your children. Lord, we ask you to protect our nation. Intervene and end all conflicts. Protect us, protect us, protect our nation, protect South Africa. Ringing out from our blue heavens, from our deep seas breaking round, over everlasting mountains where the echoing crags resound, sounds the call to come together, and united we shall stand, let us live and strive for freedom in South Africa, our land. That's our anthem. And at the end of that anthem, we don't need to do a haka or anything like that. I think we say amen at the end of that. So amen. Amen. So yeah, as I was saying, this is the last in our series on overcoming evil. And this evening we're going to be considering overcoming evil with good. And if we think back a few weeks, and you can remember that we started out by considering our current context here in our country and in our city, and we recognize that believers have been needing to be overcomers of evil since the very beginning. In fact, starting in the garden, and that struggle against evil continues till today. And so our next reading for this evening continues in Romans chapter 12, and we'll read the four verses from verses 17 to 21, and in particular, we'll be focusing on the last one, verse 21. And so it says, Paul writes here, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. And this is our focus verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, before we unpack more of, of, of what that is, there's a music video that I would like to play for you. Um, and it's by, some of you may be familiar with it, it's, it's by a South African band called The Arrows. I think they've disbanded about five or four or five years back. And some of you may be familiar with it, so let's see if we can get it to play, Stephen. Mm -hmm. 
beginning know exactly how you work I know all of your cravings Know what makes you go berserk Been lying from the start Just to make you play a part In my infinite rebellion Against the Father God Hate everything he is And I make you hate him too Make you hate him with your actions It's so easy for me to do Cause you like it Sin feels good for the ego You love it I'll come on baby Let your head blowing all the time I'm winding you up Like my perfect little puppet You're my favorite robot Welcome to the show But I'm watching you And all of hell is with me too Can get me some more of your free will. I'm winding you, winding you. Give me the control. That's why I'm telling you, selling you anything, everything appealing to your human way of being. And I use it all against you just to keep your eyes from seeing past the life you're living, past the moment you're in, past the pleasure of your sin or the cigarette you're smoking, choking on your lust. I'll make you drunk with pride. So deeply spun into my system. You won't see the light. Never mind that I'm drowning you. I keep deceiving you 'cause I don't tell you about the God in heaven who loves you, who yearns for you. No, no, I don't tell you about the freedom of forgiveness.
why would he tell us the truth? When we consider, when we look at the way evil is presented to us, like we see on that music video, something becomes very evident, to me at least, I hope to you, and it's this. It's the fact that evil is not something, evil is someone. Evil is not something, evil is someone. And so our battle in wanting to overcome evil is against someone rather than something. When we look at the Bible and we consider Scripture, we see that Scripture describes this being, this someone, and where we first encounter him as well. And so in the beginning... God creates the universe. Yeah, that's Lego. I couldn't find a nice pick where Adam's backside wasn't hanging out or Eve's top side wasn't hanging out. <laughs> so in the beginning, we see that God creates the universe. And it is beautiful. And it is ordered. And God calls it good. And he calls it good seven times. And God then appoints humans to rule and have dominion over his creation. And then in Genesis 3, we meet a creature that rebels against God. And this creature wants to ruin everything that is good. But he also wants to ruin God's goodness for everyone else. And so he starts to distort things that God meant for good, and he starts to create disorder. And some of the things we saw in that music video there is the disorder that he comes and he creates amongst us. But then as we follow our story, we see that the humans then join the rebellion, which leads us into chaos Death, division, hatred, and being opposed to God. And so here we are, needing to be overcomers. And the Bible uses many different names and titles to, to describe this being, this someone. The Bible uses titles like tempter, or the evil one. Or the devil, which in Greek means slanderer. And then there's, of course, the name that we know so well, Satan. Now, Satan isn't a name. It's actually a Hebrew word that means adversary. Because Satan isn't for anything. Instead, he is rather against anything that is good. Now, let's look at a few scriptures that mention this being Satan. Now, we know that Jesus had a face-to-face -face encounter with the Satan, the adversary in Matthew chapter 4. But when Jesus was confronted by people who came against him, he says this in John chapter 8 and verse 44. He says, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. 
He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Why would he want to tell us the truth? In 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 18, Paul writes to the church that he wanted to come and visit, and this is what he says. Paul says, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. Now, there are many other scripture verses that describe the works of this adversary, the enemy. And there's lots more that we can say about him, but this is how Paul describes our fight, our will to be overcomers of evil with good. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 when he describes our battle. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our fight and our desire to be overcomers of evil is not against physical things. There are forces behind the physical things that we see. And so we are confronted, as we know, as we've already established, by evil on a daily basis, in various forms and in various settings, and even some from without and some from within. But there is only one force that is strong enough to overcome evil, and that force is good. And that good that the Bible describes is way more powerful than evil. John chapter 1 and verse 5 says that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now the scripture that we read right at the beginning in Romans chapter 12 and verse 21 doesn't say overcome evil by trying to do lots of really good things. It doesn't say that. It is actually saying that evil can be overcome by replacing it with good. And so we don't fight and try to overcome evil the way that the world fights. This is how it is described in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 to 5. Paul says, the, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And some of those elements are elements that we have looked at over the past few weeks. We've unpacked some of the good things that Scripture says that we should replace evil with. And so, over the past few weeks, we looked at how to overcome evil by replacing it with love. And we considered how we can overcome evil by replacing it with steadfastness and grit. 
And we considered how we can replace evil with generosity last week. And this evening we are considering good. And the scripture we read says that we cannot overcome evil with evil. Because that's the way that the world fights. You cannot overcome evil by replacing it with evil. And in verse 17 of the text that we read early on, it says to us, in essence, that we need to think about what we are doing when we are presented with evil. Because usually our initial and immediate response to evil is to retaliate in the way that the world does. And so we can think while we are sitting here now, what evil have I suffered that might threaten to overcome me? Have you suffered violence? Have you been discriminated against? Have you been abused verbally, emotionally, sexually? Have you had something stolen from you? Have you been bullied at school? And if you had suffered a great evil in your life, then you would know that one of the toughest challenges you face is that that evil does not overcome or overwhelm you. Because the easiest response for you and for me would be for you to fuel hatred and be consumed by an inner rage. That feeling that builds inside you when something evil has been done to you. It is possible to let the wounds of your life define you. So that you lose your confidence and you lose your peace and you lose your joy. Being overcome by evil is something that can happen to disciples of Jesus. It's very important that we note that. We shouldn't think that this is not something that cannot happen to me. I recognize the fact that it can very easily happen to me. I can find myself in a space where I can be overcome by evil. And so it is not beyond me to say, fight fire with fire. Give as good as you get. An eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. Because these generally are our first reactions to evil according to how the world would respond. And we even see in Scripture how some of the disciples were in danger of allowing themselves to be overcome by evil. We see James and John wanting to call down fire from heaven on the enemies of Jesus. In Luke chapter 9 and verses 53 to 54. So Jesus and the disciples were on their way to Jerusalem. And on the way, Jesus wanted to pass through Samaria. And so he sent messengers ahead to make arrangements. But the people there rejected Jesus, saying that he could not come into their town. And then we read in that, in that short scripture there that James and John became angry and they asked Jesus if they should call down fire from heaven on those people. But Jesus rebukes James and John. 
wish I could do that. Another example is in Luke chapter 22, verses 49 to 51. When the soldiers came to the garden to arrest Jesus, the garden of Gethsemane, we know, we remember that Peter drew his sword wanting to retaliate evil with evil, but Jesus told him to stop. You see, Jesus knew that there is only one way that evil can overcome a believer. And that is if the believer returns evil for evil. And so if someone insults you and is rude to you, you are not overcome by evil yet. You are overcome if you are rude and insulting right back. And then the person who has wronged you has in fact become your role model if you were to retaliate. Because you would be copying evil and then you would find evil overcoming you. And so again, if someone hates you and you hate them back, then evil is getting the victory. If someone hits you and you hit them back, then you have become just like the evil one. And so God says to us and he models for us that in the moment when we experience evil, we are to go on the offensive not with a weapon that is equal to that weapon that is being wailed against us, but a weapon that is superior to evil, and that is the force of good. And so in closing, again, our city and our country, I believe, are in desperate need of people who will overcome evil in our communities with good. Because we see people being mistreated, we see people being abused, we see people being marginalized, and we see people finding themselves as victims of evil. And so let me encourage you this evening that we can be overcomers of evil with good. And we can do so through love, we can become overcomers of evil with steadfastness and grit. We can become overcomers of evil with generosity. And we can become overcomers of evil with good. And so as believers and followers of Jesus, we must let our light shine in the darkness. Because the darkness will not overcome it.